of shooting, we pick the most difficult set ever. Smoke, mirrors in every direction. Love it. Welcome to Twilight. You're listening to Another Bite of Twilight, a podcast where we look back on our obsession with the Twilight Saga and continue to freak out ten years later. Hello. Hello, <laughs> people. Um, happy Twilight Tuesday. Happy Twilight Tuesday. I'm Mel. And I'm Kel. We're your hosts. We're cousins. <laughs> I think that's an interesting thing that yeah. I think we don't talk about that much. Yeah, we are related. <laughs> We've known each other since I was born in 1996. Yep. Mm-hmm. I knew some other people before you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know, like, when we first met. Me neither. We actually, Kelly was not super friendly to me Why for the you, first... That's not true. Uh, no, no. I was mean to you? No, you just didn't care about me for, like, the first five years. Because you're a baby. <laughs> you would have done the same thing in my shoes. Kelly always wanted to just play with my older brother. Because we were, like, the same age, you would have done the same thing. I don't know. Well, you I was... liked Harry Potter, so did I. We... Actually, Kevin and I made our own Harry Potter. Did you know that? We drew and wrote our own Harry Potter book. Oh, really? When we were little. He- yeah. And you guys were, like, scared of Harry Potter. So, like, <laughs> who was I supposed to hang out with? But he then very quickly stopped liking Harry Potter. Yeah, but isn't it meaningful to you that I then chose, you know what, I'm going to start hanging out with Melissa more. Yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> And it, it was something that naturally, organically happened over time. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I wanted to say hello to Aunt Karen, Uncle Dave, which is <laughs> Kelly's parents. Um, not my parents, because they won't be listening. Um, Caitlin, and maybe <laughs> Shannon. Maybe Shannon, my <laughs> sister, who I don't think listens. That's okay. She listened last week, so maybe we can get two for two. So today is a great episode oh my god it's full of a lot yeah today we'll be talking about the new moon book which we both reread for the first time i think since the first time i read it actually i don't think i ever reread it because it was just too sad i think i tried to reread it but i i at the time thought that new moon was my least favorite because it was so sad and because (laughs) we don't get much of edward yeah but before we get into it we have some news some twilight news or some things to address yes first last (laughs) week or two weeks ago in our last episode we talked about team jacob and we had my friend carrie on it she had a voice message explaining her position on jacob and if you guys maybe noticed we didn't really say anything (laughs) in response to what she said and i i kind of explained it in the episode but the reason we didn't is because we recorded the episode before she recorded her message because initially we thought she was going to be on the show yeah but then she was sick so we feel kind of bad that we didn't respond to what she said yeah it's a little awkward she thought that one point that stuck out to me is that she felt like it was actually selfish of edward to marry bella Mm -hmm. and i started thinking about that and i was like oh shoot i kind of see that and i think Wait, why Wait. is it selfish? Because he knows that, like, she could have a, a better a, life. Like, a normal life. Yeah. And, like, we know that Edward wants her to live a normal life, but and he doesn't want to turn her, but the fact that he even wants to, like, 
be her immortal husband mm-hmm. is like kind of wrong. Can I actually read to you my messages with Carrie? Yeah. So I texted Carrie about it, and this is what I was thinking. I said, because I sort of agree, like, yeah, is that selfish of Edward to even want to marry Bella? But then again, he wants to, and she wants to, and if he ignores her wishes because he thinks he knows better than she does, which, in this situation, does he know better? He knows what it's like to be a vampire slash immortal. She doesn't know, so maybe he does know better. Anyway, is that wrong? I don't know. I start to feel like Bella is so naive and should actually listen to Edward when it comes to being together slash immortality, even though I love Edward. But then again, it's like, well, maybe she actually is totally rational and knows the consequences and this is totally what she wants. It blew my mind. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. It just sent me in like a loop kind of. Well, I was also thinking about how he does in New Moon, thinks that he knows better, so he does leave. Mm -hmm. But then it turns out horribly yeah so in eclipse he says i'm not gonna force her into anything again so i think he's just letting her make her own choices true 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 but she also said that she couldn't get over um edward and bella's age difference Mm -hmm. which i can definitely see yeah i can see that i don't know i don't i honestly don't have an explanation for that i just yeah um i guess i just choose to overlook it yeah (laughs) Oh, and, and the classic thing about how he watches her sleep. Oh, yeah, yeah. Watches yeah. her sleep. Uh, oh, nothing, it's creepy. Nothing to say about yeah. that. <laughs> but, I mean, that's a big criticism, and I totally understand, we, like, we why it's creepy. We did address that in, I think, episode two. Yeah. About how he's not human, and it's supposed to be a little scary. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. Like, if a person did that, I would be <laughs> yeah. so creeped out. Yeah. I don't know. Very good points. This is kind of why the debate can go on and on forever because there isn't really, like, an answer. There isn't, like, a definitive, like, yes, like, Jacob's right for her or Edward's right for her. It's kind of just your opinion. I will say that rereading New Moon, it makes me feel like, if not Edward, I don't think, I don't know if I would say that Jacob is a better option because there's so many problematic things that Jacob does that really just pisses me off and we'll get to it yeah we'll get to it so <laughs> yeah our next piece of little another by a twilight news is that one of our amazing listeners who we've actually mentioned before our listener annika aka hey maven xo yes i think so we called her maven one time in an episode because she commented and told us stuff um <laughs> <laughs> She sent us these adorable pair of Twilight undies. Mm-hmm. Um, she has a whole, like, lingerie brand. Yeah. It's super cool. Yeah. And you guys should go check it out. I'm definitely going to check it out and get it. Me too. <laughs> I, I honestly... Support small businesses. Yeah. I really need, like a, like, a bralette or something because my boobs have grown, like, three sizes <laughs> in the past, like, two years, but I still wear all my old bras. So... <laughs> <laughs> but her brand is all, like, body positivity and Twilight. Yeah. And, oh, the underwear is so awesome. Yeah. One of them is Team Jacob, like, our last episode, and the other one is Team Switzerland. And yeah. we actually just tossed a coin to see who would get which one. Yes. Because we couldn't decide. I got the Jacob one. Yeah. Yeah. They're so cute. Um, Thank you so much. And, yeah, Hey Maven. Hey Maven is XO. her 
line. Yeah. If you guys want to You guys see. should check it out, too. Like, she posts so much Twilight stuff. Yeah. Like, she's fully she's embracing so fully, it. Yeah, she loves Twilight. Yeah. Like, her page, even though it's about her lingerie and stuff, she also will always have things about Twilight. I literally so respond so to, like, all of her stories. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Friend of the podcast. Yeah. Also, Annika, if you're listening, I feel like you should make more Twilight stuff and yeah. I'll buy it. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were just saying before you should have like a tab on your website that's just like a drop down and it's Twilight and people are like, what is this? And then it's your whole Twilight collection. Yeah. Of all just like a Twilight bathing suit. I mean that might be kind of hard for her to do because she'll have to buy all the t shirts somewhere. But yeah. If possible, yeah. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> Bob Pattinson. Oh, yeah. There's a quick little interview that he gave with The Times. Yeah. Yeah. Times Magazine, I think. And they asked him about if he's on good terms with his ex-girlfriends, Kristen Stewart and <laughs> FKA Twigs, and he said, yes, yes. <laughs> and that they're long relationships. Didn't he say, like, not, like, three months? Yeah, he, well, <laughs> because he said, like, they asked him about his current girlfriend, Suki mm-hmm. Waterhouse, and he said, do I have to talk about her, like, once you talk? And this is the same thing that Kristen always says too like once you talk about your love like it really diminishes it and it makes it a Mm -hmm. performance and so then he said um they asked like oh do you think that that's why your past relationships didn't work out and he said well they were pretty long relationships not just like three months Mm -hmm. so yeah like what's to say they didn't last forever but they still seemed like pretty successful connections yeah and kelly heard that they still text (laughs) okay (laughs) i was going to i I don't know if this is true, but I think it was one of those articles that's, like, a source, yeah, you know, yeah. but said that Rob and Kristen still text occasionally yeah. about personal things and their career. Really? Yeah. I bet, like, they, like, oh, he also, Rob, mentioned about how Trump tweeted about him oh, and Kristen yeah, yeah, yeah. back in the day and was, yeah. like, uh, joking about that. I bet they do text once in a while. Yeah. I bet I mean, she's like, oh, your new movie looks good. Yeah. No one just, like, cuts someone off. Like, well, yeah. some people do. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't. And yeah. who would cut off Robert Pattinson? I know. <laughs> you know I was thinking today as I was walking down the street? Obviously, I was thinking about Robert Pattinson. Yeah. And- <laughs> I had a dream about him last night. Oh, no way. <laughs> I was thinking, like, it's just, it's kind of inspirational that, like, if you're ever feeling down... If you ever get cheated on or something, it's like, it happened to Robert Pattinson. Yeah. And I even think about that, like, if you get dumped, like, it's happened to Taylor Swift. Like, yeah. if you think about it, Beyonce beautiful, was cheated on. These, like, super beautiful, interesting, famous people mm-hmm. have the same things happen to them. Not that, like, not to be, yeah. oh, celebrities are just like us, because I hate that kind of stuff. Yeah. But just saying, like, you can be the coolest person ever. and Exactly. Stuff like that still happens. I think so. there's a saying that's like, show me the most beautiful, successful something woman in the world, and mm-hmm. I'll show you a man who doesn't want her. There's like, you know. It's, not, it's nothing to do with you. Yeah, exactly. And on that note. Yeah, so we recently reread New Moon. Oh my <sighs> God! And today we're going to talk about some chapters. <laughs> <laughs> Not all we of it. We took a lot of notes. Yeah, maybe too many. I read this like <laughs> I was going to be tested on it, yeah. honestly. <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah. 
Um, so if you guys are reading it too, then please let us know your thoughts. Or maybe if you just remember your thoughts about the book from mm-hmm. years ago, we'd love to hear. Because this is definitely going to be a multiple part episode and I hope it doesn't bore you. But yeah. we'll have time to, you know, react to what you say yeah. by next time if you... yeah say something and we see all your messages so we love it when you guys write to us and we try to respond to all of them as fast as we can so keep writing well shall we get it started yeah okay i noticed that there wasn't a copyright page really oh wait, there is i'm sorry <laughs> no that's a waste of air time <laughs> that was such a waste of time <laughs> so the first chapter chapter one it's called Party. Yeah. I actually have a note about the very first line. Okay. I think it's a throwaway line. Read it. I was 99.9% sure I was dreaming. I'm like, oh, God. Like, oh, well, you know how, what I've said about dreams before in books. I'm not a fan. And there's also way too many dreams in this <laughs> book. Pella's um, a dreamer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but She's also... not the only one. She says that she knows that she's dreaming, but then, like, she doesn't really seem to know that she's dreaming, like, in the dream, I guess. I don't know. I wrote my, I wrote that the book and movie first chapter is pretty spot on. Yeah. Like, they kind of did adapt the movie very similar to the book. I will say one thing that isn't in the first chapter, which we'll get into more details. One thing that isn't in it that's in the movie is the Jacob Dreamcatcher part, which we yes. laughed about a lot in our yeah. movie. But yeah, there is no Dreamcatcher Jacob part. Anyway. My next note is on page eight. Bella mentions that her truck is a 1953 Chevy, and mm-hmm. I just thought, why is it so old? That's crazy. That is so cool, that's though. So, no, it's really cool, but so old. It is really old. I want a 53 truck. Oh my gosh. I actually saw a truck like that about a month ago, and I was so in awe. It was so exciting. I was like, I want a truck like that. It's like Twilight. I I kind of really want to get a truck that looks like Bella's. <laughs> I would, too. What if I just turned my whole life to replicate Twilight? I bet there are many people out there who got a red pickup truck solely because it's mm-hmm. Twilight. I would. If any of you guys did, let us know. My next note isn't till page 16, so you should, you have the floor until then. Okay, um, so page 11, there's a part that <laughs> really reminded me of Caitlin. My um, sister. My cousin. She's gonna kill you yes. for this. <laughs> she did not appreciate us comparing her to Bella's Yeah, <laughs> sorry Caitlin, but it's endearing, I promise. Uh, the Collins are very excited about Bella's birthday in this yeah. first scene, and Bella is not having it. She just wants to pretend it's not her birthday and is looking for any excuse to get out of her birthday party at the Cullens' house. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I have to study for the (laughs) Romeo and Juliet part. And Alice snorted, you have Romeo and Juliet memorized. And then Bella says, but Mr. Barry said we needed to see it performed to fully appreciate it. That's how (laughs) Shakespeare intended it to be presented. Oh my gosh. (laughs) The crazy thing about Bella, too, is she doesn't even act like she wants to go to college. Yeah. So what are you studying for? I was thinking the same thing. (laughs) She's like, I need to get straight A's. Why? Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. The store? And then, well, first it doesn't seem like she wants to go to college because she just wants to be turned into a vampire. Yeah. But then once Edward leaves, she also has no desire to go to college. Yeah, she's like, well, I'm just going to spend my college savings because yeah. I don't care about that. Yeah, but she loves school, so I don't get why she wouldn't want to go to school. I know. 
It's very weird. But Caitlin, uh, Kelly, you can cut that out. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm keeping it. I'm keeping it. Um, (laughs) My next note is that um, on page 14, they mentioned how the Cullens now eat with the humans at lunch. And I was just thinking, like, wouldn't this give it away that they're vampires? Because they're probably not eating hmm. with them. They said that there's, like, a natural unspoken barrier between <laughs> them where, like, the humans just talk to each other and the Cullens just talk with Bella. Yeah. Um, and the Cullens are now uh, Alice and Jasper. Yeah. And Edward, obviously. But, yeah, I just thought that was, like... Maybe they do the thing where they just pick at their food, kind of. Yeah. Because doesn't Edward always buy a lunch, but he doesn't... I'm pretty sure he said, they said that. He, They get in line. He gets lunch, but I don't think that they eat it. Okay, that makes Maybe sense. Maybe he puts it in a napkin. It's very wasteful, but whatever. This is a general thing. It's just that Bella and Edward kiss a lot before the party. Mm-hmm. Many times, and that's also not in the movie. In the movie... Well, they kiss in the parking lot in at school, and then after the party... They kiss at the party, too. Oh, yeah, they do. I just felt like there's a lot of kissing. Wait. Mm-hmm. I think I, I like, underlined them like a loser. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I did underline them. Uh, on page 16, be good, please. He breathed against my cheek. He pressed his lips gently to mine one more time and then pulled away, folding my arms across my stomach. So they go, this is a difference between the movie and book two, is that Edward and Bella watch Romeo and Juliet at Bella's house. Oh, I love this part. And it says, when I perched on the edge of the sofa in front of him, he wrapped his arms around my waist and pulled me against his chest. I thought that was cute. I I underlined that too. Sitting on the couch watching TV. It's kind of cute. There's lots of PD. PDA. It's like the calm before the storm. Yeah. There's no Jacob at all this first chapter. Yeah. She doesn't even think about him. Yeah. He's not mentioned. And I also got kind of excited on page 22. Sorry, Uh, I'm jumping. When they mention the Red Sox? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Charlie Charlie says, that's fine. The Mariners are playing the Sox tonight. I wrote, love the Sox. I was like, oh my god, they <laughs> mentioned the Red Sox? Well, but then I was thinking, is it the White Sox? Shoot. I think the White Sox are not in the same league. Yeah, because like the Red Sox do play the Mariners a lot, so I was like, it yeah. must be them. Do people call the White Sox the Sox? I don't know. Truthfully, I don't know anything about the White Sox. I've been to a White Sox game, actually, really? in Chicago. I really don't know anything about them. They're, um... Uh, no offense to anyone who's a fan. I think that they're, like, irrelevant. <laughs> the Red Sox are the Sox. <laughs> I, it took me until, like, last year to learn that S-O-X is not a word. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was the plural of socks. I think it's a pretty cute word, though. Yeah. It's about it. Socks. I also thought it was very interesting on page 23. Wait, you're going ahead of me. Oh. You can go. 23, Bella says that Emmett and Rosalie were in Africa. Yeah. I was like, where? Why? Where in Africa? Yeah, what? I, I think that's really interesting, but... But I isn't it more. sunny in Africa? Yeah, maybe they only go out at night. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, before that, I thought it was weird on page 17, mm-hmm. not to backtrack, but when they're talking about Romeo and Juliet, and when she's watching it with mm-hmm. Edward... 
and she's acting like she's in love with Romeo. And he's yeah. like, what's so great about him? And she's like, oh, what's wrong with Romeo? Like, as if she has a crush on him. And I just thought that was, like, interesting because Romeo's kind of, like, a bland character. Yeah. It's not like a Jane Austen guy or something. Yeah. I feel like Romeo doesn't have much of a personality. Yeah. Charlie gets pizza for the kids. Mm-hmm. And Edward doesn't eat, eat it. And I thought that's kind of... <laughs> he should just eat it to be polite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he shouldn't have wondered Charlie hates him. He actually does eat pizza later on. <laughs> yeah. And then I also was thinking about how, like, the Cullens are all living through Bella vicariously and Mm -hmm. this is like their first birthday since Emmett's birthday like for any of them and I thought that's kind of sweet and also sad at the same time yeah it's kind of sad because they're all just so excited to celebrate a birthday and Mm -hmm. then like once Bella becomes a vampire like all that's over as well but I don't get why they can't still celebrate their birthdays. Like, yeah, exactly. Oh, yay, it's like your 100th birthday. Yeah. Why can't you still do that? Yeah. Do, wait, also, do they have weddings for each other? I think they do. Yeah. Finally, this chapter ends with Jasper lunging at Bella, trying to kill her. Because of her paper cut. Yeah, the world's biggest paper cut. <laughs> um, and the last sentence I thought was really great. It's on page 29. And she says, dazed and disoriented, I looked up from the bright red blood pulsing out of my arm into the fevered eyes of the six suddenly ravenous vampires. Oh, yeah. And I thought, like, damn, that really just, like, sets up the conflict in the story right away. And, yeah. like, it, like, you know, beforehand we have this PDA between Edward and Bella, and it's really <laughs> cute, and, like, it's like, oh, the story that we liked, and... Suddenly, you have this scene where all these vampires, you know, are very thirsty. They're staring at her. She cut her arm. Yeah. And it just shows that this relationship, her relationship with Edward, is not, like, sustainable. Yeah. And something has to change. And I also thought it was just very wonderfully written because there's mention of Jasper looking uncomfortable throughout the scene. Mm -hmm. And it's just great foreshadowing that something is going to happen. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was just, like, it sets everything up. And I agree. I think it ended perfectly. Yeah. I think it even is, like, kind of in the back of Twilight. And I remember reading that chapter mm-hmm. and being like, oh, shit. What's going to happen? Yeah. yeah. So chapter two is called Stitches. Carlisle was the only one who stayed calm. That's how it opens. Everybody is freaking out. And actually, this is different from the movie, is that Edward carries Bella to the kitchen table. Mm -hmm. He kind of is more with it than Mm -hmm. in the movie. In the movie, he just stands there and stares and looks really upset and then walks away. I thought it was crazy. On page 31, it says, Rosalie, her divine face strangely smug. You bitch. Yeah. (laughs) Smug? Yeah. That Bella almost died? I don't think that Rosalie really has that much respect for human life. And I think that if it weren't (laughs) for the Cullens, she would just eat. Yeah, probably. Like, feed off uh, humans. Yeah, I could see that. Also, Alice stays a little bit longer, too, to help Mm -hmm. until she can't anymore. Yeah. I wrote, Carlisle is so gentle and reasonable. Carlisle is so sweet. He is. Something I didn't like about this scene, and it happens throughout, is Bella blames herself for this incident that just happens. Mm. Um, On page 33, uh, Carlisle says, It's not your fault. It could have happened to anyone. Could, I repeated, but it usually just happens to me. So she's blaming it on her being clumsy. And later on, like, 
when the Collins are leaving, she finds out that they had all left before Edward. Mm-hmm. And she thinks that they're just, like, going away temporarily. And she calls herself a plague. Like, she thinks it's all her fault. And, like, yeah. she thinks that Edward's angry at her. And I just wish that she didn't blame herself so much. Because mm-hmm. that's just her personality. She's so, like, concerned and compassionate about the Collins. Yeah. She really shouldn't be because they're, like, above her. Yeah. On the food chain or yeah. whatever. But, like, that's just how Bella is. She's very concerned about them. I didn't remember this. I thought it was interesting. On page 36, Bella talks about her parents and, like, religion because... Yeah. Uh, Carlisle is talking about it, about heaven and hell and his soul and everything and she said charlie considered himself lutheran and then she said renee had tried out church now and then which i thought was interesting because i literally forgot about that completely Mm -hmm. and i also remember on tumblr i i was on tumblr just looking around like six months ago or something i haven't been on it in forever but people were like speculating that bella was catholic or something because maybe in the movies because of her bracelet and stuff but now I'm realizing, like, did you people read the books? Yeah. Or, like, you should reread them. Like, you're just making this stuff up. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was interesting, though. I never... I guess I did know, but I forgot so, that that was explained. Bella says, My own life was fairly devoid of faith. Charlie considered himself Lutheran because that's what his parents had been, but Sundays he worshipped by the river with a fishing pole in his hand. Mm-hmm. Renee, Renee tried out church now and then, but much like her brief affairs with tennis, pottery, yoga, and French class, she moved on by the time I was aware of her newest fad. Carlisle's talking about his faith, and I really want to do an episode about faith and mortality in the Mm. twilight series because it it's a theme that we see quite a bit and i think it's interesting my next note on page 37 was he looked down at me with unfathomable unfathomable eyes and i wrote there's that carlisle's chemistry yeah (laughs) (laughs) i felt it was a lot less uncomfortable for me here than Mm -hmm. in the movie it's too much but i can see why the movie picked up on that yeah well in the movie i feel like he stands so close to her yeah and her head is like down low i feel like she's kind of giving him like sexy eyes too (laughs) there's one part that carlisle says that i really loved um he's talking about their belief in if they're damned or not. And Carlisle says, I look at my son, his strength, his goodness, the brightness that shines out of him, and it only fuels that hope, that faith more than ever. How could there not be more for one such as Edward? And I loved that. And it made me think, like, not to get, like, personal, but whenever someone in my life, because I don't know, like, what I believe, like, Mm -hmm. what happens after life, but whenever someone in my life who I really love passes away Mm -hmm. I always think well there has to be something because how could there not be something for this person yeah who like is no longer here yeah and that kind of made me think of the Les Mis quote or song lyric it's like um to love another another person person is to to see see the the face of God God. (laughs) (laughs) that's our second time in a row mentioning Les Mis yeah so I really liked that I thought it was really beautiful that is beautiful Um, I love the love Carlisle has for Edward. Yeah. And vice versa. I was also thinking in this scene, if Carlisle ever worries about being too good of a doctor, like, could he, you know, achieve some type of fame for being such a 
oh yeah wonderful doctor the world is just so small i thought so many times about what would happen if one of the vampires became famous yeah i guess they would just have to like fake their death and then hide out for a hundred yeah yeah i've thought about that but then he mentions like his backstory with um turning edward for the first time Mm -hmm. and he says like it was hard for him because he had to it was during the um spanish influenza Mm -hmm. and he had to pretend to be asleep for like oh, half the yeah. day and that was really hard because he couldn't save all those people mm-hmm. oh carlisle during those stories carlisle mentions that edward's real mother's name was elizabeth mason and i was just wondering like why doesn't edward really care about his real parents i get that he he says he doesn't really remember them but mm-hmm. it's just interesting to me i don't know like he really takes on esme as his mom even that so much of his daughter's name is Renesme, mm-hmm. not Renesabeth. <laughs> Renesabeth. Um, and then on page 39, Carlyle describes Edward's green eyes, and Bella says, his eyes were green? And I thought, how did this never come up in conversation? Yeah. You and your boyfriend, you never asked what were your eyes before you yeah. <laughs> How is that possible? It seems like they didn't really talk much about his <laughs> human not. life. Something I thought was interesting is that on page 40, mm-hmm. Carlisle talks about how it was actually um, Edward's mom who planted the idea that she he should turn Edward. Mm-hmm. And he says that her eyes were hard like stones, like emeralds. You must do everything in your power. What others cannot do, that is what you must do for my Edward, she said. It frightened me. She looked at me with those piercing eyes, and for one instant I felt certain that she knew my secret. Then the fever overwhelmed her, and she, um, and she never regained her consciousness. Mm-hmm. She died within an hour of making her demand. And then I was thinking, like, wow, it sounds like Edward's mom was really intuitive, and maybe mm-hmm. that is why Edward is a mind Ooh, reader. Maybe because it's almost like she could she could just tell that there was something, yeah, about Carlisle. And then on page forty-two, Bella says. I looked away from his wise, beautiful eyes. <laughs> Meaning Carlisle. <laughs> Why do you ship it? Like, I don't like it. I don't really ship it. I just, like, <laughs> think it's kind of there. Maybe Stephanie Meyer just is slightly attracted to Carlisle. Yeah, I could so see it. it slips in. <laughs> oh, next I have, it's on page 43. In the movie... I take it as right after this incident happened, that's when Edward makes his mind up. Mm. But there's so many hints in the book that show that he's still debating it and he hasn't really made a decision yet. Like, yeah, you know, the party ends abruptly and Alice gives her her present that she hasn't opened yet. Mm-hmm. And she says, I've seen you open it and you'll love it. Mm-hmm. And that's like insight into the fact that he hasn't changed direction yet because she, yeah. she still sees the future as... True. Bella opening this gift and being happy. Mm-hmm. And they have a really awkward ride home on page 44. Mm-hmm. That just kind of killed me. Yeah. Because I just could feel it. Me too. It just gives you kind of this nauseous feeling. Like, oh. She says, say something, I finally begged. As he turned onto the freeway, what do you want me to say? He asked, like, oh, it's just so painful. Once again, here, Bella is blaming herself, and Edward has... I'm just going to read what he Mm -hmm, says. mm -hmm. Bella says, It's still my fault. My words opened the floodgate. Your fault? 
if you'd cut yourself at Mike Newton's house with Jessica there and Angela and your other normal friends, the worst that could possibly have happened would be what? Maybe they couldn't find you a bandage? If you tripped and knocked over a pile of glass plates on your own without someone throwing you into them, even then, what's the worst? You'd get blood on the seats when they drove you to the emergency room? Mike Newton could have held your hand while he stitched you up, and he wouldn't be fighting the urge to kill you the whole time he was there. Don't try to make... Don't try to take any of this on yourself, Bella. It will only make me more disgusted with myself. And then Bella says, I love this part. <laughs> I'd rather die than be with Mike Newton. I wrote that down, too. <laughs> I wrote that down. Poor Mike. <laughs> I literally, like, brought that up in conversation. I just thought it was so funny. I'd rather die than be with Mike Newton. That is so dramatic. <laughs> and then Edward says, don't be melodramatic, please. I love that. Ah. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I see that you wrote Edward is aware, and I think that's true, because Edward yeah. says Mike Newton ended up in this conversation because Mike Newton would be a hell of a lot healthier for you to be with. Yeah. So, like, Edward knows. Yeah, Edward. Which is the sucky thing. Edward thinks about these things, whereas mm-hmm. I feel like Jacob d- never thinks, like, am I right for Bella? Like, mm-hmm. Edward carries so and much. Bella doesn't think about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Edward is, Edward kind of agrees with, the critics who don't like him, yeah. you know? That's the interesting thing about him. Yeah. He's very self-aware. He's not trying to pretend that he's the right decision mm-hmm. for her. And you're right, actually, about how he hadn't made up his mind yet. Because on page 46, they kiss again. Mm-hmm. Let me find it. He actually kisses her on her own without her asking to. Yeah, which in the movie, it's like, it's still my birthday, so can I ask one thing? Yeah. Kiss me. And then he painfully kisses her. No, but in this, happy birthday, he sighed and leaned down to touch his lips to mine. Yeah, so it was on his own. And then they go in her room. He stays the night, actually. He stays the night, and he gives her a CD of the lullaby that he wrote on piano. Mm -hmm. And it's so cute. And I love that detail. And I do remember that from when I first read the book. And yeah, so... Obviously, like, he still is in it. But you can tell that he's debating it because he gives her the tickets to Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. And she says, we're going to Jacksonville. And then he responds, that's the idea. So he kind of removes himself from it. He says, like, it's like, that's what was the original plan. Mm -hmm. But he can't say, yes, we're going to go. Even though they do end up going. (laughs) And they do kiss again on page 51. Mm -hmm. In bed. Pretty crazy. Something that was so sad to me is that, like, Bella can tell something's wrong. Yeah. And she's, like, oh. even trying to lighten the mood, she makes a joke, like, opening the gift, like, are you sure I can handle lifting the lid? Kind of like, are you sure I can open this without getting another paper cut? And mm-hmm. he doesn't respond. He is so serious and apathetic here. And I have more to say about this in Chapter 3, but in Chapter 2, I felt like... I think you definitely can pick up when things are wrong, when someone's off. Like, I've been there. But I felt like there was a little bit too much foreshadowing in this chapter. Mm -hmm. Like, to the point where it was annoying me a little bit. I wrote, too much foreshadowing, just leave it. People don't actually know what's going to happen. Well, sometimes they do. Let me see if I can find what exactly I was talking about. It just seemed like a little bit too much. Like, oh, face what's coming tomorrow. Like... Just to make us... She says on page 52, I really did feel exhausted. It had been a long day in so many ways, yet I felt no sense of relief as at, at its end. 
almost as if something worse was coming tomorrow. Yeah. Which I think Stephanie probably wrote that on purpose to get us excited to read the next chapter like some suspense because this chapter doesn't really end suspensefully or anything which i get it and i do think that you can have a inkling that someone might break up with you or something but i felt like it was just a little too much yeah like she says i shuddered into unconsciousness as if i was already having a nightmare like that's the end of the chapter and it's like how do you know what's yeah exactly yeah (laughs) i don't know whatever That kiss, that last kiss that they have, though, Mm -hmm. it's really hot. Can I read it? Yeah, read it. She says, oh, my God, I can't even. I'm like, (laughs) I'm blushing. She says, the kiss began much the same as usual. Edward was as careful as ever, and my heart began to overreact like it always did. And then something seemed to change. (gasps) Suddenly, his lips became much more urgent. His free hand twisted into my hair and held my face securely to his. And though my hands tangled in his hair, too, and though I was clearly beginning to cross his cautious lines, for once he didn't stop me. His body was cold through the thin quilt, but I crushed myself against him eagerly. Oh, my God. Oh, and then Bella is such a flirt. She says, um, (laughs) which is tempting you more, my blood or my body? (laughs) It's a tie. He grinned briefly in spite of himself and then was serious again. Now, why don't you stop pushing your luck and go to sleep? (laughs) (laughs) Bella. She's feisty. She is. Yeah. So she goes to sleep, and that's how chapter two ends. So the next chapter is gut-wrenching. Chapter three, the end, is what it's called. So I just have a general Hmm. thing to say, is that Bella has a sense something's off about Edward, and... I just hate that feeling. And I've Mm -hmm. been there before. I've been thinking the same thing. And it's horrible. And I feel like Stephanie Meyer actually did a really good job describing the feeling of knowing that the inevitable is coming. And just having a sense that, like, you're going to get dumped. Like, knowing it. And And silence. Like, the silence is just horrible. When he kind of stops talking to her. And I was wondering if Stephanie Meyer has been through that. Because she seems to know... How to write about it. Yeah, she wrote about it so... I don't know. Not even just get dumped, but that feeling... On page 60, she says, so much had changed and so abruptly. Yeah. So, like, just knowing that things aren't will not be the same with something. You might feel it at work if you're about to get fired or, like, <laughs> you just have a feeling yeah. that something is about to change and something bad's going to happen. But she's also in denial of it. Like, she thinks that this bad thing that's going to happen, she's telling herself that, like, she's going to have to leave Forks with Edward, maybe, mm-hmm. and she's going to have to think of something to tell her parents and... Yeah. Um, it's really sad. Like, it's, it's, I feel like she knows what's about to happen, but she doesn't want to admit it to herself. Yeah. Like, I think this was really sad on page 56. She says, so you'll come over when I'm home though, right? I hated that I felt suddenly unsure about this. Mm-hmm. If you want me to, I always want you to, I reminded him, with perhaps a little more intensity than the conversation required. And... I expected he would laugh or smile or react somehow to my words. All right, then, he said indifferently. He kissed my forehead again before he shut the door on me. Like, it's just, he's acting kind of normal. Like, he kisses her forehead, but usually he always comes over without question. And she yeah. doesn't even have to ask. Yeah. And she just can feel that it's different now. 
And yeah. it's so sad. Yeah, and just how indifferent he is. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that she gets home from school and Edward is already there and he's watching sports with Charlie. Yeah. And they had eaten pizza together, so Edward did <laughs> eat the pizza. This time. Um, why do you think that he goes there and hangs out with Charlie? I don't know. Like, why doesn't he wait for Bella to get home? Mm. It seemed like something out of the ordinary, so. Yeah, it did seem weird. I, like, didn't know if there was a purpose for that, like. I don't know. Do you think it's, like, to make his last chance to, like, make Charlie like him or something well, why before he that, breaks up with yeah, her? Yeah, why would like, that I matter? I don't know. Maybe he wanted to read Charlie's thought. I don't know. I really couldn't picture it maybe he wanted to watch the game like i don't know what it was Uh, it's kind of awkward though and bella on page 61 she takes like an abrupt like awkward candid of the two of them on the couch charlie and edward yeah i had the camera ready as i leaned around the corner being sneaky I was sure there was no chance that I had caught Edward by surprise, but he didn't look up. I felt a brief shiver as something icy twisted in my stomach. I ignored that and took the picture. They both looked up at me then. Charlie frowned. Edward's face was empty, expressionless. What are you doing, Bella? Charlie complained. Oh, come on, I pretended to smile as I went to sit on the floor in front of the sofa where Charlie lounged. You know Mom will be calling soon to ask if I'm using my presence. I have to get to work before she can get her feelings hurt and then charlie's like why don't i take a picture of you two kids and then mm-hmm. takes a picture of bella and edward and edward says you need to smile bella yeah, yeah. and that wasn't in the movie yeah at all instead it was alice took a picture of them at the party yeah but i think it's kind of cool to see edward and charlie interacting yeah you can tell that like charlie doesn't love edward here but he, he doesn't seem to mind him yet yeah like, he seems fine with him yeah, and then we actually see them at school again. So mm-hmm. he goes to school that day, Edward, mm-hmm. and they're in class, and he's not saying anything, and then the teacher calls on Bella, and she doesn't, she's not even paying attention, and then Edward doesn't say anything all class, and then he whispers the answer to her <laughs> as she's called on. Yeah. He's such a know-it-all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Edward. He said... Edward whispered the correct answer under his breath and then went back to ignoring me. It's <laughs> <laughs> the only thing he says there. Actually, I just thought because you know how he went over her house and hung out with Charlie? Yeah. He doesn't stay the night. She says, will you stay? I expected his answer so it didn't hurt as much. Not tonight. So maybe that that's was why. Like, like he, he didn't want to totally hurt her by not seeing her at all, but he just like went over... Yeah. But he's like, I'm not staying in your room tonight. Mm, yeah, that could be it. Sad. Yeah, like, if he didn't just show up at all, then that would be, like... <laughs> She'd be like, oh, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. But then he kind of gives her a warning that something's off. Yeah. So sad. Um, so then he breaks up with her. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This could be a whole episode. He walks her... Yeah, this really could be. This was, like, killing me. I'm on page 69, and they walk briefly into the woods. It's not that far. Yeah. And they're on a trail, I think. Mm-hmm. And first he starts off by saying, I'm no good for you, Bella. And she's like, don't be ridiculous. I will say that kind of bothers me in this part that he has all the power. And I think that that's, like, the case when anyone's being broken up with. But she doesn't even... 
any response that she gives is just it's like useless you know like he's mm-hmm. made up his mind which it, that happens in all breakups yeah. but it's really sad just how defeated she is here he says bella i don't want you to come with me he spoke the words slowly and precisely his cold eyes on my face watching as i absorbed what he was really saying you yeah. don't want me i tried out the words confused by the way they sounded placed in that order no he looked way into the trees as he spoke again. Of course, I'll always love you, in a way. But what happened the other night made me realize that it's time for a change. Because I'm tired of pretending to be something I'm not, Bella. I am not human. I've let this go on much too long, and I'm sorry for that. You're not good for me, Bella. He turned his earlier words around, and so I had no argument. Yeah, it's just so sad. I, this, what he does here is really cool. I know, like, yeah. I, I understand his reasoning behind it, but, like, it's going to damage her so much that this person that she really trusted all of a sudden is going to act like it was all a lie. Like, that would mess me up well, so much. I don't much. think he acts like it was a lie. He's just, like... Well, he's saying, I let it go on for too long, and, like... It seems like he just realized it went on for too long. Yeah. Of. He is, like, I'm tired. I do think it's very harsh of him, but, I mean... This is only something you can know when you get to the end of the book, but I'll just say it now. He says that he did it this way because he knew if he didn't do it, otherwise she would, she would never have gotten yeah. over him. I do think that's true. If he did say, like, I love you, like, I do still want to be with you, but, like, this just isn't good for you, like, this isn't working out, like, I do love you, but, like, I have to go. I think she would never She would hold it. on to hope. Like, she would literally yeah. never even try. He kind of goes, no, he does, like, he goes back and forth between acting very cold and then acting kind of passionate, like, he really cares about her, and then putting on this cold persona. Mm-hmm. He says, I would like to ask one favor, though, if that's not too much, he said. I wonder what he saw on my face because something flickered across his own face in response. But before I could identify it, he'd composed his features into the same serene mask. Mm. Anything, I vowed, my face faintly stronger. As I watched, his frozen eyes melted. The gold became liquid again, molten, burning down into mine with an intensity that was overwhelming. Don't do anything reckless or stupid, he ordered. No longer detached. Do you understand what I'm saying? I nodded helplessly. His eyes cooled. The distance returned. I'm thinking of Charlie, of course. He needs you. Take care of yourself. For him. So, obviously, like, he's not really thinking about Charlie. He cares about Bella, and he still wants her to be safe, and he's pretending, like... Yeah. He's thinking of Charlie, but... He sometimes lets his actual feelings slip through a little bit. Yeah. And then he kind of reins it back in. So then... So then he also says, and I'll make you a promise in return. I promise <laughs> that this will be the last time you'll ever see me. I won't come back. I won't put you through anything like this again. You can go on with your life without any more interference from me. It will be as if I'd never existed. And then he says, time heals all wounds for your kind. And I feel like this is kind of Edward misunderstanding what it's like to be human. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess, like, yeah, time does heal wounds, but not that easily. And I don't know. I think he's he thinks that Bella will bounce back a lot. Yeah, he better than she did will. Think that. And she says, "In your memories, well, he hesitated for a short second. I won't forget, but my kind were very easily distracted. 
Mm, so sad. And he says, that's everything, I suppose. We won't bother you again. And I'm, this is really cruel of Edward, like, to make it as if he never existed because it's like he's dying to her. Yeah. Like, it's even to just, like, remove all of the memories, the gifts, the pictures. Um, it's just so sad and, like, there's no one that she can really talk about it with. Crazy thing is, like, some people do act this way yeah. in real life. Like, totally Pe- cut off, like, mm-hmm. as if they're dead. I've tried to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and it can be a temporary solution, but yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. really delete. It's so hard to delete someone from your memory mm-hmm. if they've had, like, a big impact on your life. Mm-hmm. But some people will, like, delete all their pictures on social media. Yeah. Um, actually, I feel like more common than not people yeah. will do that mm-hmm. which i don't know i don't know if i really i find i don't know social media is a whole thing but yeah i find it to be i know it's like hard for people but i find it to be very inauthentic when people do that yeah like if it's like a representation of your life yeah your timeline or whatever as they call it on facebook like it's just kind of not true to get rid of it also, yeah. I don't know, I don't, I've never minded seeing someone's, like, if I, like, in the past met a guy, and I, like, see pictures of him with an ex or something, I'm like, oh. Yeah. Cool. He's, like, had a relationship. Like, yeah. It's normal. Like, I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, I don't, so, I don't. it's, like, a whole thing, but. Yeah. Edward would have deleted them if they had social Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they did. But, I don't think he ever would have social media. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, like a slap in the face that he then takes her presence. I know. Seriously. It's so impolite. That really broke my heart. Yeah. I like gifts and, like, pictures, and I'm really sentimental. I love stuff like that, like scrapbooking and mm-hmm. things. So if that happened to me, I would lose it. Like, if I yeah. came home and all my stuff of my love of my life was gone, I would probably, like, yeah. Cry on the floor for a week. Oh, yeah. I mean, you keep everything. <laughs> yeah. You keep, like, receipts, like, from yeah. places to scrapbook. <laughs> in a scrapbook. I don't yeah. just have, like, I'm not a hoarder. <laughs> I don't have, like, piles of receipts in my house. <laughs> Actually, receipts don't, don't last that long. They, they fade, fade so yeah. I don't really do that as much anymore. But anyway. It's so sad it's that is kind of crossing a boundary for edward to go into her room and take her stuff mm-hmm. like i get that he's trying to help her but like it's not really his decision to like mm-hmm. to do that for her on page 72 it's stealing goodbye bella he said in the same quiet peaceful voice oh. wait i choked out the word reaching for him willing my deadened legs to carry me forward take care of yourself he breathed cool against my skin there was a light, unnatural breeze. My eyes flashed open. Leaves on a small vine maple shuddered with the wind, with the gentle wind of his passage. He was gone. Love, life, meaning, over. I will say, Edward does put the gifts and stuff under a floorboard in her room. Oh, he does? But, yeah. Let's, well, that's revealed later in the book. <laughs> but she doesn't really... She says that she knew that, sort of, but she doesn't really know that, so it is kind of still stealing. Yes. Oh, if you guys didn't know, (laughs) I'm only halfway through because I'm taking extensive notes. (laughs) It takes me forever to read a chapter. 
So Edward's gone, and she starts walking through the dark woods. Yeah. And we get our title on page 74. She says, Tonight the sky was utterly black. Perhaps there was no moon tonight. A lunar eclipse, a new moon. A new moon. I shivered, though I wasn't cold. So that's where we get the whole vibe kind of for the book yeah i said that she's acting kind of drunk here like when they find her she's babbling and mm-hmm. she's very confused she's just been like lying out in the forest yeah for a while and then also the way that charlie is scooping her up and holding her mm-hmm. she really becomes like a child almost he says yeah i'm right here baby and then he says we're almost home now honey like she, she just seems so young and helpless mm-hmm. here it's really heartbreaking and I think it's, it's like, such a reflection of, like, what a first heartbreak feels like, especially at 17. Yeah. Uh, 18. 18, yeah. And she had, they put a blanket on her, and actually the doctor goes, right? Dr. Garandi? Yeah. Garant, Garandi? That's right, dear, he said. Are you hurt, Bella? Yeah, so there's even a doctor there. Like, they're the really whole, worried about her. The whole town is in her living room. It's Sam Yuley, Mr. Newton, Mike, mm-hmm. Mr. Weber, Angela's father. I don't know why oh all the God. men are there. <laughs> <laughs> why did none of the girls show up? I don't know. I guess they sent out the men to look for her in the woods. It's so embarrassing. I would be yeah. mortified if I was Bella. But she's not even... She's so she's lost so that she numb. doesn't even feel embarrassed. Yeah. They ask if she gets, she got lost in the woods, and she says, yeah, she did. So I feel like she kind of tries to blame it on that. Yeah. It's interesting, like, when Sam Yuli finds her, the first thing he says is, have you been hurt? So it's like he's expecting that, like, Edward did something to her. Yeah. To be honest, if I was Charlie or any of the people in town, I would think that Edward did do something to her. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, really suspicious. And then the fact that, like, she continues to have these nightmares where she's screaming and waking up yeah. in the middle of the night. Like, I, I would think that something very traumatic happened to her in the woods. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very alarming. Like, something really, really horrible. Yeah, it seems really bad. It seems worse than... Yeah, it doesn't seem like a just a breakup. Yeah. Even though breakups are horrible, I think people would think something more happened. yeah especially with how closed off she is and she, it's just like seems like she's experiencing mm-hmm. some type of trauma and if i was charlie i would never like edward ever again he doesn't <laughs> uh there's a part where charlie gets a call he says it's nothing just some bonfires out on the cliffs bonfires i asked my voice didn't sound curious it sounded dead charlie frowned some of the kids from the reservation being rowdy why he looked at the floor under his knees. They're celebrating the news. So the Quileutes are, like, celebrating the fact that the Collins left and having bonfires, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. I forgot about that detail. I think it's kind of interesting that they would do that, No, like, knowing that Bella just got really heartbroken over this. I mean, I guess, like, a lot of them don't know Bella and they don't really care, but, like... Yeah, I don't think they know Bella yet. Yeah. That's true. Oh, and... Edward wrote a note pretending I, to be Bella. Yeah. Said, going for a walk with Edward up the path. Be back soon. B. I wanted to dissect this because I get that, like, I feel like he probably did this so in case she got stuck in the woods and Charlie yeah. would know where she was. But why do you think that Edward wrote himself into the note? 
Do you think that that mm-hmm. has any meaning? I don't know. Why? What do you think? I don't know. Like, it's almost like he's, like, taking responsibility for it. Yeah. I think so. I, I think Edward is the kind of guy that would try to take responsibility. I think he was afraid that she would try to look for them. Yeah. So he probably did that just to help Charlie out. Because he does care. Yeah. Obviously, but very interesting. It doesn't make him, him look good at all, Edward. Mm-mm. And then I can't believe that their cover-up story is that Carlisle got a job in L.A. I know. And they're moving to L.A. I'm like, what? <laughs> I cannot picture the Collins in L.A. That is so weird. Yeah. <laughs> Sunny L.A., the last place they would really go. <laughs> and then I forgot about that, too. I'm just going to read the last paragraph of this chapter because it's so sad. She says, I felt the smooth wooden floor beneath my knees and then the palms of my hands and then it was pressed against the skin of my cheek. I hoped that I was fainting, but to my disappointment, I didn't lose consciousness. The waves of pain that had only lapped at me before now reared high up and washed over my head, pulling me under. I did not resurface. And then... This chapter is followed by October, November, December, and January. January. And they're just blank pages, as you guys remember, iconically, mm-hmm. of the months just passing by. What do you think of that? Do you like it? The months going by? Yeah. I love that, I actually. love it so much. I think it's really effective and kind of chilling. Yeah. They're like, oh my gosh, all of these months just went by. And nothing happened. And yeah. Edward is still not back. It's sad. Remember Shannon said she didn't like it? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, what is this? This isn't a book. This isn't <laughs> biting. <laughs> How would she know? <laughs> Wasn't there a meme or something that was like, oh, yeah. you don't know literature until you've read New Moon. The New yeah. Moon. <laughs> it's just both titles. I really like that's like one of my favorite parts of the whole series yeah honestly. me too I really like and it. I love oh and it was like and don't forget the seamless adaptation <laughs> in the movie <laughs> yeah it is a great adaptation I want to say I feel like New Moon really does have three parts to it yeah and I don't know what you would call the three parts but like act one is still with Edward like before mm-hmm. then there's the middle with Jacob all that stuff and then there's a third part when after Alice shows up. Yeah, exactly. It really, those three parts feel very different from each other. Yeah, 100%. So, then we find ourselves at chapter four, waking up. And this actually starts with one of my favorite quotes from the whole series. It actually used to be on my Facebook. Did Back it in, really? Like, oh my god, you know it's so you can, emo. You can put like a quote. <laughs> remember like there's like yeah yeah this i feel like i might still have quotes in that area on my face (laughs) i think that i put this like wherever i could i think it was on my tumblr like i loved this quote it is pretty emo but let me read it (laughs) time passes even when it seems impossible even when each tick of the second hand aches like the pulse of blood behind a bruise it passes unevenly in strange lurches and dragging lulls but pass it does even for me I don't know what my younger self was relating that to. Yeah. But I just thought that was really sad (laughs) and deep and sweet how 
She says it passes even for her. Yeah. But then we wake up. We're thrown right into the scene. Charlie's fist comes down on the table. That's it, Bella. I'm sending you home. He's fed up with Bella's depressed nature. Yeah. She's been moping for the past, was it four months? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel so bad for Charlie here yeah. because he just got Bella. I just got like, you back. <laughs> and like he doesn't know how to handle this he did yeah. not get, know what he was getting himself into when he took her on but Mm-mm. he is you know he can relate to her pain in a lot of ways because renee left him yeah and so he brings that up he's pretty vulnerable he paused searching for the words again when your mother left he began frowning and took you with her he inhaled deeply well that was really a bad time for me i know dad i mumbled but i handled it he pointed out honey you're not handling it i waited i hoped it would get better he stared at me and i looked down quickly i think we both know it's not getting better i'm fine he ignored me maybe well maybe if you talk to someone about it a professional you want me to see a shrink my voice was a shade sharper and i realized what he was getting at maybe it would help and maybe it wouldn't help one little bit I mean, in the regular world, it would help. I wrote, yeah, you should. Yeah. I'm actually, I forgot that that was in the book. I didn't remember it. And I'm happy that it is because I think a lot of people saw the movie and stuff and are yeah. like, oh my gosh, like she should go to a therapist or something. Yeah. And this happens time and time again where Stephanie Meyer is actually like aware. Yeah, exactly. Things that people are going to criticize. And yeah. she's like, well, that's just not the way they're doing it, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. In, like, if it was in the movies, which I think, like, that's where a lot of the criticism comes from, then it would be mm-hmm. very different. She probably should have seen someone. I'm kind of surprised that her response just being, like, well, it might not have, it might not work. And so he's yeah. just, like, okay. She does explain that she can't go to a therapist because then she can't talk about, like, her vampire ex-boyfriend. True. Without being sent to, like, a mental hospital. That's true. I do think that she could see a therapist and just not mention he's a vampire. Yeah. She could, you know. It was a different time back then. Like, therapy was still pretty stigmatized. That's true. So, um, I feel like if it came out today, she'd probably be a little bit more willing do you think that the fact that he's a vampire plays into the intense feelings, or do you think it's kind of irrelevant? Like, I'm almost wondering why she thinks she has to tell her therapist that. She kind of just says, like, oh, don't you have to be 100% honest? Um, I think it does kind of tie into the intensity, because mm-hmm. it's, like, this world that doesn't exist anymore for her. True. That she really wanted to be a part of. It was life and death a lot, so. Yeah, and and it explains why he left, too, like, the incident that yeah. changed like, things. Yeah, like, she couldn't explain that when they're, like, if she says, well, he left to protect me. Or, or yeah, his, or his knew, brother tried to kill me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the therapist would be like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. They wouldn't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Bella's talking about how, like, school is kind of a coping mechanism for her. She Mm -hmm. says, time moved easily while I was in school. The bell rang all too soon. She's, like, only focusing on study and her job at Mm -hmm. Mike's Sporting Goods, (laughs) the Newton Sporting Goods store. Yeah, (laughs) Mike's family's store. Mm -hmm. 
which that's cut out of the movie, and I wish it wasn't. Yeah. You could have just shown, like, one scene of her working at a cash register or something. I don't know. I just think it adds something to her personality. Charlie tells her to hang out with some friends, and so she asks Jessica to hang out. Yeah. And she mentions that she didn't ask Angela because Angela was so sweet mm-hmm. that she... What what does she say? Like, she, I don't think she says it here, but she says that, like, Angela is just she would feel like she would have to have a conversation with Angela. But, Mm -hmm. like, Jess, she can just kind of tune out and let her do the talking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think that here we also just have such a like accurate depiction of what depression is like Mm -hmm. she is talking about being in her room getting ready for hanging out with Angela and she says I didn't fight the haze as I turned to my closet the numbness was more essential in some places than in others I barely registered what I was looking at as I slid the door aside to reveal the pile of rubbish on the left side of my closet under the clothes I never wore My eyes did not stray toward the black garbage bag that held my present from my last birthday, did not see the shape of the stereo where it strained against the black plastic. I didn't think of the bloody mess my nails had been when I'd finished clawing it out of of the dashboard. Mm -hmm. It's just so sad. I think there's a lot of, like, harmful judgment and stigma, like, and stigma about the idea of being depressed after a breakup. I agree. People think that it is weak and something to be ashamed of, and I think that that can discourage anyone who is in a really bad place after a breakup to seek help because they don't want to be seen as weak. Or make someone afraid to speak up, like... If it's been a year or something to be like, I'm still really upset. Because everybody does react like, oh my god, get it together. Like, get over it. Yeah, exactly. That's pathetic. And I think that that's not realistic. I Mm -hmm. think you can't really predict sometimes how you're going to react to something. So I totally agree with that. And I always, that's one thing that when people criticize about New Moon, I'm always like, but, like, haven't you been there or, like, known someone who's been there? Like, yeah. it happens. And some a lot of times people feel that way, not from breakup. Like, does it matter what, when? If it's for no reason or yeah. if it's for a relationship reason? Like, does the reason matter? Yeah, or, like, you lost your job. Like, people yeah. can... It can be any number of things that can... True. Make people spiral into just about of deep depression Mm -hmm. and I don't know I think we often also minimize the significant loss of the end of a breakup like in a lot of ways it can feel like a death Mm -hmm. especially romantic relationships they are so all-encompassing and it's heartbreaking like I don't think that we need to pretend that it's like not as devastating as it can be I agree so I love everything you're saying Mel yeah, I think it can it does feel like a death. Yeah. It's horrible. And, like, sometimes I think, not that it's worse, I would never say that, but, like, in a way, it's, like, its own kind of pain because when someone dies, it's absolutely horrible. But when someone is cut out of your life, but they're still out there, it's It feels like a, it's a rejection. It's like, yeah, and it's, like hard to move on when you know that they're out there doing stuff and that it doesn't have to be that way but it is 
Yeah. You know? It's like we could be together still or I could still be talking to them. Yeah. It's hard to let go of that hope. And Mm -hmm. clearly Bella is still holding on to a little bit of hope. Like she Mm -hmm. wants to stay in Forks even though she, you know, originally didn't even like Forks. Mm -hmm. I did wonder if Bella's mental health before she even met Edward, like if she was in the healthiest place to begin with. And like if there's... Maybe not. Yeah, if there's any other factors that play into, like, the depression that she's experiencing now. Because she didn't seem that happy before she arrived in Forks. Yeah. So, I'm, like, n- like this kind of contradicts what I just said, that, like, I think it's a breakup is a valid reason. Mm-hmm. Why? I mean, you don't even need a reason to be depressed. Yeah. But, like, it's, like, totally understandable if that is the trigger. But at the same time, like, what else has happened in Bella's life that may be affecting her mental health now? Hmm. I know she's always described feeling disconnected from people. Mm-hmm. I don't think she is very confident with, like, expressing her feelings with friends and seems to kind of hide behind school and stuff. So I, I can kind of see that. Yeah, and then I was thinking, like, well, her parents are divorced, and Mm -hmm. I wonder if that had an effect on her growing up. Yeah, maybe. Her mom is not the most responsible. Yeah. Um, And then I do think that her having to even move to Forks in the first place, even though it was her decision, I kind of wonder if she feels a little bit abandoned by her mom and her mom's new relationship that sort of took over her mom's priorities. Possibly. Possibly. (laughs) Best line ever. (laughs) I was going to ask you a personal question is something that Bella experiences a lot is she's like triggered by anything romantic. Uh And I wanted to know if you've ever experienced (laughs) that in your life. Like when you've been heartbroken that romantic things have like made you sad. But I have experienced that actually after like, because you could say I had big breakup. (laughs) Um... 2017 and yeah it wasn't as dramatic as Bella's but I definitely did actually experience that like I watched that show Outlander which is very much about like a romance and I actually stopped watching it for like a year for that reason because I just couldn't really take it I was like I can't watch a romance show right now yeah it just bothered me I mean Jamie and Claire, the main characters, have their problems and stuff, but they're basically, like, a perfect couple, so I just didn't want to watch it, but eventually I got over it and was happy to watch Outlander again, but I didn't, I think, I didn't avoid everything. Yeah. And, in fact, I liked listening to sad breakup songs. Yeah. Which Bella avoids all music. Yeah. Except for rap music. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was so funny. Yeah, in the car with Jessica, she, what did she say? Like, turn this up? or like? Yeah, yeah, I think, bump this. I don't know. (laughs) She doesn't say that. (laughs) What did she say? (laughs) Jessica says something like, I didn't think you were into this. And Bella just starts acting very weird. She goes out with Jess, they go to the movies. That's in the books, too. They see a zombie movie, and it freaks Bella out because then she starts to realize that she's been a zombie in her own life. It's not the mythical creature that she always wanted to be. Yeah. And she starts to feel pretty guilty about this. Yeah, and I kind of liked this. Like, Mm -hmm. this 
night out with Jess really did wake her up, made her realize how she's been behaving and what she looks like to someone on the outside. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like a good reminder, even to myself, if I'm ever just feeling like blah. Like, it is good to hang out with people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No. Sometimes you want to do the exact opposite, though. Like, when you're feeling down, the yeah. last thing you want to do is hang out with people. But actually, that's the thing. That's, like, the best medicine. Yeah. Obviously, Bella goes up to the guys on the motorcycles. She... No, they don't have motorcycles, though. Oh, they don't? That's what I thought was really interesting. They're just guys sitting outside of a bar. Oh, yeah, 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 and yeah, there's yeah, yeah. no motorcycles. Yeah, cause, yeah, she doesn't go on a joyride like she does in yeah. the movie. Which, this part, reading it in the book, I was like, oh my god, what are you doing? She was, like, standing in the middle of the road. And I think the same thing in the movie. I'm like, yeah. oh my god, what are you doing? Yeah. It's just crazy. And Bella, I mean, Jessica <laughs> kind of asked her the same thing. And it says that Jessica's voice cracked in panic as she called after me. And I thought, you know, it's kind of selfish and dumb of Bella. Like, she's actually also, if those guys are you know sketchy and dangerous yeah she is also putting jessica's life in danger because she's just kind of like leaving jess out on the side like it's true i would be really pissed off if i was jessica and jess is pissed yeah but in the book it's not as bad like she just goes up and talks to them going off on a motorcycle would be way worse yeah it's not i wonder why the movie decided to make her do that probably to like have a seamless connection with the motorcycles yeah, you're right. Because we don't really get, like, her explaining mm-hmm. why she buys the motorcycles in the movie. And she hears Edward's voice for the first time. She yeah. hears him say, Bella, stop this right now. Yeah. I was thinking the whole adrenaline thing does kind of show that Edward's overprotective nature, would you call that, like, paternalism? I guess so. Was toxic in the idea that, like, Bella still kind of expects or hopes that he is looking out for her. Mm-hmm. And that's what kind of starts this whole thing. She says, what was I doing? I should be running from this memory as fast as I could, blocking the image of the four lounging men from my mind, protecting myself with the numbness I couldn't function without. Why was I stepping dazed into the street? Crazy. But eventually she turns around. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's funny though because they're at a bar and the guy says, can I buy you a drink? And she says, I'm too young. I answered automatically. Lame. And it's just weird. It's like... (laughs) Why are you going up to a bar? Yeah. And you're like, I'm too young. <laughs> Just very weird. Um, that must have been very confusing for those guys. There is a part when Jess says, Are you crazy? She whispered. Are you suicidal? Oh, yeah. And Belle says, That caught my attention and my eyes focused on her. No, I'm not. My voice sounded defensive. But it was true. I wasn't suicidal. Even the beginning, when death unquestionably would have been a relief, I didn't consider it. I owed too much to Charlie. I felt too responsible for Renee. Renee, I had to think of them. And I'd made a promise not to do anything stupid or reckless for all those reasons. I was still breathing. And then Jessica's eyes were round. Her mouth hung open. Her question about suicide had been rhetorical. I realized too late. So Bella's response kind of shows that, like, it's something that, like, she has thought about, which yeah. is, like, pretty concerning. Whereas, like, Jess just, like, meant it in, like, a non-serious way. Yeah. kind of crazy for Jess to say that rhetorically. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was kind of funny, not to, like, lighten the mood or whatever, that they go to McDonald's. Oh, they do? I feel like I missed I that. I thought was funny. <laughs> 
just because I don't know. You never really think about McDonald's being in Twilight. Yeah, but, but it is. That's interesting because it seems like Burger King sponsored uh, Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't read the books. <laughs> Obviously. When they go home, I thought it was interesting that Jessica's clearly mad at Bella, but not in a funny way. Like, I feel yeah. like in the movie, it's, like, humorous that um, Anna Kendrick is, like, mad at Bella and saying all these quippy little things. But in this, Jess is actually just pissed. Yeah. And doesn't really want to talk to Bella. And it's awkward. Yeah. It's not funny. Like, Bella says, I'm sorry about dot 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 after the movie whatever bella she glared out the windshield instead of looking at me mm-hmm. see you monday yeah bye it's very awkward yeah something i was confused about is when she gets home charlie's like mad for a second even though he knew that she was going out with jessica um, i think he was worried yeah he said where have you been charlie demanded i looked up at my dad surprised i went to a movie in port angeles with jessica like I told you this morning. Hmm. He grunted. Mm-hmm. Is that okay? He studied my face, his eyes widening, as if he saw something unexpected. Yeah, that's fine. Did you have fun? Poor Charlie. Poor Charlie. So, she goes to bed, and she realizes she feels different mm-hmm. from that adrenaline and everything. She says, whatever it was that happened tonight, and whether it was the zombies, the adrenaline, or the hallucinations that were responsible... It had woken me up. For the first time in a long time, I didn't know what to expect in the morning. Yeah. And that's how it ends. The whole book. (laughs) No, just kidding. (laughs) She does say, like, she has this quote. I shared this story on Instagram. She said, she's talking about the pain. Mm -hmm. And she says, and yet I found I could survive it. I was alert. I felt the pain, the aching loss that radiated out from my chest. Sending racking waves of hurt through my limbs and head, but it was manageable. I could live through it. It didn't feel like the pain had weakened over time. Rather, I'd grown strong enough to bear it. And I feel like that is something that anyone who's ever experienced adversity in their life, which we all will at some point, like, you can relate Mm -hmm. to, is that, like, a lot of times, like, it won't, things won't weaken, but, like, you will grow stronger and, like, you can get through it. Mm-hmm. and I think that that's like such a beautiful part of this book in New Moon <sighs> I'm really enjoying reading this so far me too oh my god I don't want to end no well so because we're splitting this up into multiple parts we are going to break from our bi-weekly schedule and mm-hmm. next week we are going to have an episode on the chapters in the first half of the book that we did not get to cover in today's episode because we just had so much to say about the breakup yeah i hope that's okay (laughs) (laughs) oh and we should mention i know that we posted about this on our instagram which is at another bite of twilight if you guys don't follow us but we are officially going to the forever twilight in forks festival in september yeah we are so excited in forks, washington um it used to be called stephanie meyer day actually oh really they yeah changed it? yeah they changed it uh it's our first time going uh they do this every single year and yeah. there's like all these different events like i think there's like a gala a breakfast a breakfast like a- there's a there's a, lot of stuff. there's a yeah there's <laughs> but we're so excited and we hope that 
we'll see some of you guys there. We were just yeah. talking about, like, if anyone wants to go and they don't have, like, any friends going, you can hang out with us. Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah, we're lucky. If if not for you, I don't know who I would go with. Yeah. I'm very lucky oh. to have you. I know. I know. I don't want to stop. I know. Okay, I guess we'll stop. <laughs> we'll be back really soon in seven days to talk about all the rest that happens in New Moon. Yes. Thank you guys for listening today. <laughs> <laughs> and if you get a chance on Apple Podcasts. Oh, yeah. Be sure to rate and review. <laughs> And some Rate s- if you're Team Jacob. Review if you're Team Edward. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. We did a poll actually, and mm-hmm. I think it was like eighty-five percent of our listeners are Team Edward, and like such a small percentage are Team mm. Jacob. And actually, most of our listeners support the Renesmee and Jacob storyline. Yep, so we're gonna have to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I hope that we haven't alienated you guys. <laughs> we love you all Jacob fans and even Jacob and Esme fans we, yeah, we love you <laughs> Bell <laughs> what I just called you Bella <laughs> Bella <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> well we're becoming Bella on our- <laughs> I really don't want to end this I really don't want to end this <laughs> Bye, guys. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. Um, We hope you have a great week. This is where the music is playing. (laughs) Now in the episode. Yeah, the music should be playing now. We love you. We love you. (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye. You can contact us at anotherbiteoftwilight at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram at anotherbiteoftwilight. The music is by Traces. See you next time.